Well, thanks, Nick. I don't know about you guys, but I had a great week last week. Probably didn't notice I was here because Justin got to speak, which was great. He did a great job. It's a pretty dirty message. No pun intended. There was dirt in his analogy if you weren't here. I got to marry Allison and Paul. Hooray. You guys did it. One week of marriage. Congrats. Eight days. You're counting now, right? You count before the wedding, so it only makes sense now, right, to count more. Um, you know, I was thinking about this week. It's kind of a special, uh, not special per se, but in the calendar year, it has been about one week or one year since the COVID craziness kind of happened. Um, I remember Sarah and I, were, we took a vacation. It was a baby moon in uh, Puerto Rico. And then we, from there, it was actually really close to Florida. And so we flew, flew from there to Exponential, which is a church planning conference in Florida. And uh, that was pretty much like the end of all things larger than 10 people. Uh, I don't even honestly know, like it, it was probably a godsend that we still had that conference. Like, I mean, it was right around when everything was starting to really become serious. And so that was one of the last big things we got to do. And obviously it didn't happen this year. If it did, I think it was maybe online or something, but we didn't go. Um, but it's just, it's funny to think a year ago, you know, we were dreaming and being excited about the launch team that we had, and it's been a year since then. It's been a year. It's crazy uh, to think about, and I don't want to, I don't want to preemptively say that we survived the COVID year, <laughs> but it feels like we did, you know? I don't know about you, but things this last year were really great, but there were a lot of things that we had expected that didn't happen or that people were excited for, uh, even in the holidays, maybe it didn't look like they normally did. Um, but I just think about our church and where we've been and where we're going, and I'm just, I'm just super thankful. It's funny that you, you think about the things you'll, you'll want to be thankful for a year, a year from now, and they often are not even close to the things you're thankful for. And uh, I was just thinking about that and how far we've come and where we're going. And so today's kind of unique because we, we just want to keep it bare bones this week. Um, just wanted to have a, like a more chill service, if you will, and we're actually going to spend some time today with our directors on a couple different teams uh, just for some training and to cover some logistics and things so we're all on the same page and that's the fun of being a church plant is you can do stuff like this and it's not like the end of the world. <laughs> uh, we can just have Nick up here and I can talk for a little bit and so what I want to do is I'm not necessarily teaching really. Um, I want to go through a couple of things that are kind of our big rocks like when we talk about our church, um, when you make a church or a business or really any sort of like organization you have your mission, your vision, and your values, and your mission drives the whole reason why you exist. And so if someone was hosting, they would get up here and they would say, welcome to Contrast Church. We're here and we exist because we want to help people be with Jesus, become like him, and live out his mission together. And they would say that, and that's our mission. So that means everything we do is centered around those four things, those four components. And then you get into kind of the strategy and the process of everything, and the strategy is how you make that happen. It's the things that you do. And so when we started this church, uh, and we, we, we started the launch team, we kind of had four things that we, the pillars, if you will, that we wanted everyone to just put all their energy into. These aren't the four things that you maybe like signed up for on the launch team, but they're four strategy pieces that we do. And so I want to talk about these four. I want to talk about how they went. I want to talk about where we're going and what we need from you. And what I actually want to do a little bit during the service is I just want to pray for those things. So um, I want to give you... Um, four of these, and then after each one, we're going to take like two or three minutes and pray with, I don't know, two to three people around you, nothing crazy, uh, or you can pray by yourself if you'd like, but I was just thinking about this as a team. I think we need to be praying for these things. We have a lot to be excited for, and, and who knows? This fall, 
It might even be like mask free. You might be able to go to a grocery store and no one's wearing a mask. How crazy is that? Now that might not be the case. We might have to wear masks forever. But the idea that we're moving towards something, right? Like we're excited about the future, a little more optimistic, is is really exciting. Um, so I'm just going to talk about these four, and then we're going to jump into some meetings with different directors. The first one is of the four is our Sunday gathering. That we do this, and in most churches do this. And it's funny because I, I was realizing this a couple days ago that almost everybody that has been at church um, has been exposed to Sunday gathering, but they don't always know why we're doing it. Like, think about all the money, time, and energy that, that, that is taking place in every church around the U.S. or even the world to make this happen. I mean, it's a lot of energy, a lot of volunteers, a lot of money, a lot of time. And it's so easy. You can show up, and the second that you sit down, you sit down and you consume, meaning it's all about you and what you get from it. And it's so easy to just, to just walk into that mode. And it's almost, it's counterintuitive to the gospel. It's counterintuitive to selflessness, to, to sharing, to serving, like Christ would ask. We sit down, and it's kind of like it forces us. We sit like a stage, and we consume. We listen to music. We listen to teaching. We just ingest everything. We critique the transitions. We critique whatever, right? And so I, wanna, I just want to talk about this because I think sometimes... The reason why we get frustrated with, with Sundays and, and different things is because we don't all have the same expectation. We all come in wanting different things. And to be honest, I'm not all things to all people, nor is Nick, nor is really anyone who gets up here. And so the, th- the three reasons why we do this, if you're wondering, why do, why do we have a Sunday gathering? Um, in Hebrews 10, it talks about not forsaking gathering together, that there is unity in, among believers when they gather. Uh, and so we're kind of honoring that. But the three main things we do on a Sunday, that the goal of why we do it here and why we wouldn't just do them in homes or we wouldn't just not pray worship or whatever, is we want to worship, meaning we want to actually glorify God. Literally, the Psalms are songs of worship. We're called to worship God. And so we do that through song. We do that through um, many other ways. But this is the opportunity for us to do it together. The second one is we celebrate. If you've noticed, almost every week, We've had somebody tell their story, and we get to celebrate what God's done in their life, what he's doing in their life, and uh, we get to celebrate wins, things that we've done as a, as a community, um, and whatever that may be. So we celebrate, and then the last thing is we learn. There's a unique opportunity when you show up on a Sunday to receive a teaching that you might not get. Um, it might be more engaging in person than online or in a small group, and so those are kind of the three reasons why Sundays, we, we feel like, need to happen. They're important. Now, there's a million other things that can take place on a Sunday. There's a million other goals that can happen on a Sunday. But those are our three main three. So when you show up, that's kind of our goal is what we're doing. We want to worship, we want to celebrate, and we want to learn. And we as a church, and this is kind of this is a funny expression, but I would say out of the four, this is the one that I think should be the least important. Out of the four that, that I'm going to talk about. And I'm not saying we don't care about this, like we want to pursue excellence, but in reality... This is the least important, and the reason why is because I think that there's a lot of good that comes of this, but this is not the rub hits the road in real life. This is not like your neighbor cuts you off and you have to decide if you want to swear at them or tailgate them or love them like Jesus, or it's not the moment, uh, you, you don't see a lot of moments of hardship up here. Like, people might talk about their stories, but typically we feel like they got to have a positive ending or the teaching has to be inspiring. It's not, it's not real life lived among people, and you also can't engage with people. If you, if you notice, you could easily, our church has been trying to do this well and be welcoming, but you could show up here, you could sit down, and you could leave and not talk to anyone. But you could be sitting around literally 50 to 100 people, and you're not really in community. So the things that we do here, we want to do, those three, worship, celebrate, learn. But in reality, we have to realize that this is not, 
the end all of what we're trying to do as a church. If we just had this, if, and, and during COVID, it felt like we had to have this a little bit, but if we just had this, like, I think about how anemic we would be as Christ followers, like how, lack of, how much lack of community we'd have. And uh, so that's our first one in Sunday gathering. Now, there are good of it. Like I said, there's good things that happen in Sunday gathering, so I don't want us to forsake that. But um, what I think is so important about this and what has been the fight for churches for the last year it, trying to do this is that we have people who expect a lot from this. We have people who, like, this was church growing up or this was what they expect or uh, they feel like, like, like they feel a lack of control, right? Like, like Christians are not going to be able to grow if we can't meet in a church building on Sunday. And, and so I, I understand that feeling. And I, I, I want to just say, like, I want us to, to be excited about Sundays. I want us to be excited about celebrating and learning and worshiping. And I think that's the goal of what we're doing. But I also want us to remember that there's so much more to that. And this is an important conduit of those other things. So that doesn't mean, like, and this is classic, like, pastor, right, telling you to come on Sundays. But that doesn't mean you just don't show up. But what I want it to mean is we show up with an expectation that we believe is God-honoring. And I was thinking about this. I visited a church last week while we were in Phoenix, and uh, it was actually one of my buddy's churches. And it was completely different, like, just so different um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Completely different demographic of people, completely different space, completely different culture. Um, and it's so fascinating how I sat down and I just started, I went into like pastor mode. I just started to think about how everything was running and like who was doing what and if people were behind in the transitions or if the singer was doing this or that. Like, I, I mean, basically just like, I didn't shred it negatively, but that was like my focus. And then it kind of hit me in the middle of it. I was just like, this is, this is like all of these churches will be in heaven one day worshiping. Am I going to stand there and am I going to critique everything in heaven? No. It was an opportunity for me to like spend more time with other believers and just engage in worship. And so I had to catch myself because even myself going somewhere else took on the consumer mentality. What do I expect? Like, what do I want from this? And if it doesn't meet my needs, I'm going to walk away dissatisfied. And it really checked me. And so it made me realize, you know what, a lot of you guys might have that. You might struggle with that. So what I need from all of us, each one of these, I kind of have a, like what we as a church need from you guys, is we want you to show up and be present to this, but we also want you to to have, have prayerful, Jesus-centered expectations. And I think that when we think about a church, there's a lot of weight every Sunday that we, like, I have to do a million things or i got to inspire you or whatever. This right here, what we're doing, is extremely risky. Just two songs on the piano, just a little teaching with some prayer, nothing crazy. This is risky in a lot of big churches. If you were a church of 5,000 and you did this, you'd probably lose several people because you'd be like, this service just wasn't very good. And, and so I, I'll be honest, like, I want our church to be able to be a church where, where we could do this and it's not the end of the world. Um, and so I, I would just ask you as a community, will we have a community expectation of Sundays are important, we want to use them maybe to invite people, to show up, to celebrate, to worship, to learn, uh, but they're not the end all be all. So I actually want to take time from this segment on sun, Sundays, the first kind of, of the four, and I want us just to pray for our Sunday services, for our volunteers, for the people who will come here, for myself, for, for, for other teachers, uh, and just pray for those, just for a few minutes. I'm going to give you like three minutes. Uh, you can pray for those, and then I'll come back. So two to three people, you're just praying for Contrast Church's Sunday gatherings, uh, our expectations, and the people involved in them, okay? Go ahead. All right, sorry to cut you off, but we'll keep going. You can, you can circle back in the next round. But the second one we want to talk about, first one, Sunday gatherings. Second one is our core communities. 
And I'll be honest, I think this has been the coolest thing that we've done so far. Uh, I looked at the stats. We have not, basically 90% of our church in core communities, which is phenomenal. Obviously, we started off with the expectation that if you were part of our launch team, you had to be in either a core or an MC. And uh, so that's phenomenal. In fact, like, I've just heard some of the, the uh, success and celebration stories from those, and like, I just think those are the coolest thing. So if you've, are, if you've been like, man, it's so much reading of scripture. Man, I have to be so honest about my sins and things like that. Like, the weight of what you're doing is totally worth it. And I think the devil definitely wants to, to push us away from it. But I've just seen so much fruit come of that in even a matter of, of six, eight months we've been doing it. So great job if you're in one. If you're not, um, I would encourage you. It's, it's a, definitely a commitment, but it's incredibly powerful. I love being in it, and I'm a pastor. Like, I love being in it too, yeah. So the one thing that I, that I would say for us moving forward with our core communities is we have to be willing to to live in such a way that we, we see the need for other people to be in them. Meaning that we have, I think, nine groups. Um, and if we grow, we're going to need more because they can only fit max five people. We have a couple that are like a little bigger and they're like ready to kind of split into two or send a few people off. And so what I, what I want to ask and what I, I want you guys to pray for is to pray for our leaders who are leading those, the people who are in them, um, but also, and yeah, the people who are in them, but also I want to pray for your guys' hearts about leading one or, or sending people to a new one or starting with, with new people because it's so easy for us to be a part of community and love it and engage in it, but it, it can also often become something that where we just care more about what we're getting than what we're giving. And uh, so it doesn't mean every group's meant to just like split every three months, like it's not the case at all, and maybe your group's not in that space, but I would ask that you always pray for it and pray for other leaders who are thinking about making that step because we have a few groups that need to happen in the next month or two, like need to split or send people to a new one, and uh, so I just want us to pray for that, because that's a reminder that, that like, even what we're doing in community is being selfless, and we, we find people who need to be a part of it, and want to be a part of it, and we have to make room for them, so that's a good problem to have, but it's still difficult, so praying for our leaders, for the people who are in them, and then for potentially you or other people who are, like, have people they might want to invite into it, or start a new one, uh, praying for those, so I'll give you another two, two minutes to pray for that. All right, number three, Sunday gathering, core communities. Number three, I kind of mentioned it, our missional communities. Those, those were, yeah, woo, those were a crazy thing that all of us were like, what is this? What does it do? How do we do it? Uh, and we did it this fall, and then we obviously had to slow it down because of COVID. But I am so encouraged by them. Even though it was our first one, we did a lot of things wrong. We got to learn from our mistakes, that's for sure. But we had, I think, 35 to 40 people from our team attend those. And out of that, we had 33 unique people who don't go to our church show up to those. So literally, we had essentially a one-to-one -one ratio of contrast people to non-contrast people, which is really great and really awesome. Um, and that's really, really cool. And that was, I feel like, without us even really knowing what was going on. <laughs> like, we're doing these things, and we show up, and I have no idea. Um, but we've learned from them. I think we've refined them. And what I'm really, really excited about is we're, we're starting them up again. We have four, will be five. Uh, starting up anywhere from next week to the next three or four weeks, and they'll be running this spring up into the summer. And uh, I'm really, really excited for those. Um, we're gonna have, I'm going to send out an email this week with information. And here is my ask for all of you. When we had originally designed these, we had you take a, like a survey that was like, what am I interested in? Would I invite people? And I'm just going to be honest, our church is way too confident. <laughs> Everybody was like, yeah, I'll go to all these, invite all these people. And so we had like insane statistics uh, from the survey and then reality hit and like no one that said they were going to do it did it, uh, which was disappointing. I was very excited when I saw the results, but then whenever it actually happened, I was like, wow, we, we really have test confidence. 
We're like, I'll ace this test. You can just blame standardized testing. But we, uh, we want to be more accurate, I guess, and honest about this. And so what, what I'm asking, this is like Trey's, if I get one ask a year, this is my ask, is that you would pick one and you would just go to it wholeheartedly. You don't need to do four. You don't need to do two. They're every other week. So you're looking at two, two nights a, a month that I just would love for you, every person, just to pick one. And the reason why, when I originally started, when we started the launch team, we said, here's a commitment. So you got to be either in a core or an MC. You got to be giving. You got to be attending, you know, 80, 90% of services. You got to be um, follower Jesus, like all those things, right? We had those things. And I realized that the core is great, but the MC, the missional community, is really what elevates us remembering it's not just about us, it's about others. Like, this is our opportunity to do that. And whether or not it's like you go there and it's this life-changing night, right? Like, you go to the tavern MC and you have the best conversation of your life, because it probably won't happen, right? I'm not downplaying it could happen, but you, it, it is giving you, it, I would say it's, it's, it's reps, like literally muscle like reps that you're practicing, that you're engaging with people who are different than you, think differently than you. And it's a reminder that you constantly have something in your life that you are cultivating other people into. And, and so for all of us, I think we have to be a part of one because we have to know that this is our play. Like this is the play that we run for what people we call sojourners, people that are like spiritual wonders or they're not sure or they're friends with you, but they're kind of distant to church or maybe they had a bad experience. These are, this is the place. And so the goal of MCs, is to create an opportunity for people of all backgrounds to be able to be in community. At first, we were trying to figure out, okay, do we have like deep spiritual conversation? Do we like not talk about Jesus at all? We don't want to Jesus juke people, you know, and, and then you're trying to figure out how to invite people to this. And so most of them ended up being more on the realm of just being in community. And we realized that, you know how people talk about evangelism, that like this is like pre-pre-evangelism, because a lot of people have had bad experiences with the church or are terrified that we're going to try and pull a quick one on them when they're there, whatever that may be. That's not our goal. So these are now, I think, a space where people can start to trust us. That I would say we can gain favor in the community as a church. You'd be shocked at how uh, our area, how little, how little excited they are to hear from me in an email. <laughs> um, like, hey, I'm this new church planner, and you don't get a reply. <laughs> in the South, they'd be like, that's great. We'll send you anywhere you want. Like, you want to come to school? You want to go to the government thing? Whatever. Not like that here. It's a little bit different. So uh, this is to gain favor and to be among people that are different than us. And it reminds us that we're never done um, living in the mission of Jesus that he gave us. So my one ask is you'd pick one, you'd attend it, you'd jump on it, you'd find people in your life that rally to it. Um, we're still doing the Tavern MC. We're still doing the uh, Women's Finer Things MC, which we're excited about. We're still doing our neighborhood one, which is really just a park one you can come to. Uh, we're going to be doing later when we have our space, we're going to be doing a film one, which is pretty exciting. Um, I think we have, I'm, 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 I think we have a few more. I'm forgetting them all. But regardless, I will send an email this week. I would love for you, you don't have a form, just pick one. I'd love for you to commit to it. Uh, it'll be for about three months. So you're committing to, to six, six events, six nights that you can be a part of and invite people and be present in. So uh, I want to pray for these. I want to pray for our leaders. I want to pray for us, that we would go to those, attend those, and find people. The Spirit would give us people to invite into those. And then I would pray for people's hearts to, to join us in those that are outside of our community, that are in our maybe our neighborhood or our friend group or whatever it may be. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to pray for that. Leaders, uh, people on our team who will go, and people outside who will go.
All right, fourth one, Sunday gathering, core community, missional community. The last one is missional living, personal missional living, meaning like you live in such a way that you are on a mission for Jesus in your life. The simplest way to put this is the goal is to do what the church shouldn't have to be doing. Meaning, in Acts 2, 2, 42 through 47, it talks about the ideal first church, right? They're doing all these different things. And they're doing all these things because they're rallying around the common purpose of Christ, purpose of Christ, and they are functioning in these certain ways. And everybody looks at that church and like, oh, that's so perfect, so idealistic. Why can't we just be like the church in Acts? And then you realize in chapter 7, I think it is, or maybe 9, that they're basically discriminating against um, uh, widows in the process of giving out proceeds. So the church wasn't perfect, still isn't perfect, right? Full of a bunch of sinners. And, uh, and people forget that. And so the reason the church exists even now, one of the components of the church, is that we are better together, that the body of Christ comes together and use our gifts, uses our gifts. But there's also a reality that Jesus gave us a mission that, that was the church, his believers, that we all should have in our hearts. Meaning like the gospel to us becomes real, not just so we get to go to church, because that's great, but also mainly, actually, that we get to live out his kingdom in our lives. And we do it together, but we live out his kingdom in our lives. That we can't forget, church is great, but mission is, is, is foremost us as well. And so I just think about this. These, like, these are the things where you get to be the church in your own life, in your own sphere with the people that you're around. An, instant, an example of that is you find someone in your life who has a need and you meet it financially Maybe because you don't need thousands of dollars to meet it. Maybe you're like, hey, this person needs five grand. And you're like, okay, maybe I can't afford that. But they're like, hey, I know someone has a flat tire. Here's $100. Like, and you just do it. You don't need to ask me. You don't need to ask our church. Like, this is what we would be doing anyways, even if we didn't meet and we weren't in church. Or you have a person, this is, this is one that we failed at that was pretty bummer, but uh, one of our members had a friend who passed away and they had to move all his stuff out and he put it on our group me, which maybe you're like, I'm not on our group me, but... Um, maybe even in Slack too, and they needed help moving, and there was probably only four of us from our church that showed up. Now, here's the thing, that's not okay. I don't care, I mean, you could be on vacation, great, that's probably your only excuse, because it's not a time issue, it's a gospel issue. Jesus died for you, he gave his life for you, so you give your life for others, if you believe in that. And nobody is pumped to go move on a Saturday, unless maybe you love moving for some weird reason. (laughs) But nobody's pumped to do that, right? But that's what we do. That's what we do. This is missional living. This is what Jesus would do. He would burn his Saturday to move you wherever. He would do that. And so, like, this is something that is hard to quantify. I can't create a list for you and have you mark it off every week on your fridge. I just can't. But I, I think we need to care about it. Like, and I don't, I don't have all these perfect examples, and I don't have, like I said, I don't have a test for you to take and figure out how missional am I, because I really think what it is is it's just yearning, yearning and living and walk with the Spirit in your life. Because everybody's life is different. Everybody's personality is different. Everybody's uh, even like bandwidth. Some people are Energizer Bunny and can go help 12 people in one day. And other people are like, I am dead tired after talking to one person. And that's okay. But if we aren't thinking about this as a church, this, this is where people see us. This is how people know about whether or not we're a church that's a bunch of hypocrites or whether or not we're a church that really tries to love Jesus the best we can is when we go help people move, when we give away money to people who need it, when we show up in people's lives, even if there's nothing that we're going to get out of it. That's what we do. And so this is the fourth one, but I think it's one of the most important. And the reason why church planning, if you're ever wondering why I do church planning, it's a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy. Why church planning works, why church planning is one of the most effective way, I would say is the most effective way to reach people for the gospel, is because everybody sits in a room and they realize, boy, oh boy, we need more people in here. 
and you, go, you start doing crazy things, and you literally are living missionally because you see a greater weight and you have a greater boldness to do it. Because we're all doing it. We're all like, we're stuck here, and no one's going to just show up because we're not 5,000 people. So like, let's go out and let's live among people, and let's live missionally. So this is the last one of the four, and this one takes personal ownership on your, in your own life. But what I think is so cool about it is it's not standard because everybody's life is different. So I just, I want us to be a, a intentional group of people who think about, okay, here's the life I live. Here's the family I have or not have. Here's the bandwidth and margin that I have. How can I love people? How can I set aside a little bit of money to help people? How can I, like when, when a need comes up, I'm just gonna meet it. I'm gonna cancel whatever I have. I'm gonna make it happen because that's the kind of church people wanna be a part of. But if we're in it and we're not doing it, then I wouldn't wanna be a part of it. So I just ask you as as your pastor, I guess, is, is that we would take this serious. We're not a big church, but we can love bigger than a lot of other churches. And so this is our opportunity for you. So I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for our team. And I want you to pray that, that this is the kind of culture that we have, is that we find the gifts that we have. We find the rhythms in life that, that, we, that God has called us to. And we follow the Spirit's call to love people, to live missionally as Jesus would do. So I'm going to give you a few minutes for that, and then I'll wrap it up. Alrighty, Sunday gathering, core community, missional community, missional living. Those are the four things if you're like, hey, what are, what are the pieces that I need to be a part of our church? Those are the four. If we just do those really well, I don't even think we got to do anything else. I really believe that those are what we can dig into and be a church that really loves people and follows Jesus well. So um, those four rocks are things that I would ask you to personally, like I said, pray about in, in what we're calling you to and what I think Jesus and the gospel would, would show you um, is important. Uh, but one last thing as we kind of close, and we're going to give you some time for um, two meetings. Uh, we have Holy Week coming up next week. So Holy Week is Palm Sunday to Easter, Resurrection Sunday. So we have Palm Sunday, which we have a very, very special surprise I'm very excited about on this, on this Sunday. Next Sunday, I guess, one Sunday from now. And then we have a Good Friday service, which we're really excited about. If you've never been to a Good Friday service, it's one of my favorite things. It's uh, a little more like stripped down, but it's focused and centered around the crucifixion of Christ. So it's like a purposeful like lament and like feeling the weight of the death of Christ. And so it's not like, Hosanna, that's Sunday. <laughs> so a lot of people skip that and they forget. But Friday is, is engaging with the crucifixion. And so we're going to have stations of the cross, which are like stations of his death that you can interact with. Uh, we'll have a couple hymns and, and kind of more softer songs. And then um, on Sunday then is Easter which is like, you know, the Super Bowl of the Christian world, right? Jesus, in case you didn't know, he arose from death. So uh, I would encourage you throughout that whole week, you know, we have those three opportunities to invite people to it. Um, obviously, Easter is the easiest invite because most people know what Easter is. But I would say if you want to, it'd be really cool to invite them to all three. Uh, the series is going to be like all together, all kind of talking about Peter and, that, and his reality of that through the three different uh, instances. And um, so I'd encourage you, next week, invite some people, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter. Those are a chance to invite others and people into it.